Welcome to Bizarre to Brutal, featuring true crimes and scandals that were reported in the hugely popular Victorian newspaper, The Illustrated Police News. What follows are the actual reports from that time. But first, a warning. The writers sometimes didn't hold back from giving the most intimate details of these events. But if you can stand it, you'll get a revealing insight into Victorian life and uncensored human nature. So let's walk back through the mists of time. Seventeenth of September, eighteen seventy. A jealous woman's revenge. A singular case of jealousy and revenge was but too clearly demonstrated at Newcastle on Saturday last. Mr. William Murdoch, a gentleman well known in the town, was walking through the high street with Miss Kearsley, a young lady of considerable personal attractions, when, all of a sudden, both he and his fair companion were literally saturated with hot water, which was ruthlessly poured upon their heads by a lady from the window of an adjoining house. The water was dirty as well as hot, and one side of Mr Murdoch's face was severely scalded. The neck and shoulders of his fair companion suffered in an equal degree. In fact, the contents of a charwoman's pail, brush, flannel, soap and scalding water, was hurled at their devoted heads. Mr Murdoch and Miss Kearsley were about to spend the evening together at the house of a friend. They were consequently dressed in good, if not their best, attire, and their mortification can be readily imagined. Mr Murdoch got a warrant against his assailant on the following morning, who, upon her appearance in court, denounced him as a gay deceiver, declaring that he had courted her for three years and a half and had agreed to marry her, but that, all of a sudden, he had deserted her to take up with Miss Kearsley, who was reported to be rich. In fact, she pleaded her cause so naturally and with such simple eloquence that the magistrate discharged her upon her promising to keep the peace in future. The case has caused no inconsiderable amount of merriment in the town. 15th of October, 1870. Enticing children to rob their parents. At the Thames Police Court on Tuesday, Emily Brown, 36, was brought before Mr Paget, charged with unlawfully decoying and taking away William Samuel Chesterton, under the age of 14 years, from the custody of his father, and feloniously receiving three blankets and two sheets, which the boy had stolen from his father. There was a second charge of a precisely similar nature against the prisoner, but as the boy she decoyed away, after persuading him to rob his father, was in Maidstone jail, it could not be proceeded with. The boy, Chesterton, was charged by his father with robbing him. 
but on the intercession of the magistrate, he withdrew from the prosecution. The boy now stated that his father was a carpenter. The prisoner met him a few weeks since and said it was very easy to take a few things from his father and bring them to her to mind, and he took three blankets and two sheets from his father's house and gave them to the prisoner, who said they should be taken great care of. She made an appointment with him on the following evening in Lehman Street, Whitechapel, and she took him to a lodging house and gave him some bread and butter. She paid for his lodgings, and also for the lodging for another boy, whom she had seduced from his father's house after persuading him to commit a robbery. On the following morning, she said they must start after breakfast for number 1 Essex Street, Winchelsea, Kent, where they were to remain until she came for them. She gave them sixpence to pay their expenses to Winchelsea and they went over to Rotherhithe, Surrey, where they purchased some apples. While eating them, four men attacked them and stole their apples. Myers threw a stone at the men and missed them all, but he broke a window in a tradesman's shop and was taken into custody and charged with willful damage at the Greenwich Police Court and sentenced to 14 days imprisonment and hard labour in the county prison Maidstone. He waited all day for his companion and in the evening discovered that he was sent to jail. He did not pursue his journey to Winchelsea but retraced his steps and eventually found himself at Leytonstone in Essex. He slept one night in a field, another on a haystack and one night in a brick kiln. The boy then gave a long and extraordinary recital of his many adventures in various places and said that the prisoner represented to the lodging housekeeper that she was the mother of himself and the boy Myers. Mr Myers, a respectable tradesman, said the prisoner had done him great mischief by decoying his boy from home and persuading him to rob him. His boy was now in Maidstone jail and his imprisonment would expire on Thursday next. Inspector Turner of the K Division said the prisoner was well known to the police. Mr Paget said it was very desirable that the other boy, Myers, should attend the court and remanded the prisoner until Monday next. Nineteenth of November, eighteen seventy. Selling a wife by auction. It would appear that this custom, the relic of a barbarous age, is still extant in England. In many districts of this country, the inhabitants believe that the bonds of matrimony may be severed by selling a wife by public auction to the highest bidder. On Sunday last, this unseemly spectacle was witnessed in Bury. A man and his wife, living in the Crescent, Freetown Bury, have a family of eight children, have lately lived together on unpleasant terms in consequence of the wife having a strong affinity for a man on the opposite side of the street. The evil had grown to such an extent that on Sunday night the injured husband determined to part with his faithless wife and, after due announcement, 
put her up for sale by auction. There were three bids of four shillings, six shillings and eight shillings, the latter being made by the woman's paramour, to whom she was knocked down, and then led away to her new home with a rope around her neck as a sign of her servitude. This scandal created such a sensation in the neighbourhood, the woman's effigy was burnt in front of her purchaser's house, and on Tuesday evening, a similar event took place with regard to the man. Indeed, the neighbours promised to make the place so hot that the couple will have to leave that quarter of the town if they wish to live in peace. It will doubtless prove interesting to our readers to include in this article a few other cases of a similar character to the one which was so recently occurred. In 1803, one Smith took his wife from Ferrybridge to Pontefract, a distance of 20 miles, and put her up for sale in the marketplace. The bidding was started at 12 pence, and she was knocked down at 11 shillings, the spirited purchaser leading his bargain away by a halter amid showers of mud and snow from the spectators. A fellow at Tuxford let his wife and child go for five shillings, and in 1859, a similar scandalous exhibition took place at Dudley, when the wife was put up for auction at three half pence and sold to the highest bidder for sixpence. In the above cases, the wives seem to have fallen to chance buyers, but generally the affair was a pre-arranged one between the buyer, the seller and the sold, who seem to have salved their conscience by going through the ceremony of a mock auction. On Valentine's Day 1806, a man named Gawthorpe exposed his wife for sale in the market at Hull at one o'clock in the day. But the mob interfered with such effect that he was obliged to withdraw her. However, in the evening, he again brought her out and sold her for 20 guineas to a man who had lodged at his house for some years. In 1764, a man and his wife got into conversation with a glazier at Pernham Fair, a conversation resulting in the man offering to exchange his better half for a bullock, if he might choose one for himself from the drove. The grazier agreed, and the lady readily acceded, and the next day was duly delivered up, with the inevitable halter round her neck, the husband taking his bullock away and afterwards selling that too for six guineas. In 1844, a Glamorganshire labouring man, after living very unhappily with his wife for some time, discovered that she sought solace in the affections of a neighbour. To make the best of a bad matter, he called upon his neighbour and, after an amicable discussion, agreed to sell the cause of it to him. The following Sunday, he accordingly appeared in the market with his wife, attired in a new black gown and a white bonnet, with a halter round her neck, and then and there handed her over to her paramour upon payment of two shillings and sixpence, and we are told the purchaser always boasted it was the best bargain he ever made in his life. Not so successful in their arrangements were another couple whose disappointment was made public in the Stanford Mercury of 26th of November 1858. On Monday, a disgraceful exhibition, the attempted sale of a wife, 
took place in front of a beer house at Shearbridge, Little Horton, near Bradford. The fellow who offered his wife for sale was Hartley Thompson. She was a person of prepossessing appearance. The sale had been duly announced by the bellman and a large crowd assembled. The wife appeared with a halter adorned with ribbons around her neck. The sale, however, was not completed. The reason for this being that some disturbance was created by a crowd from a neighbouring factory and that the person to whom it was intended to sell the wife was detained at his work beyond the time. The couple, though not long-wedded, have led a very unhappy life and it is said that they and their friends were so egregiously ignorant as to believe they could secure their legal separation by a public sale. In 1863, a workman at the Seafarthfer Ironworks sold his wife to a fellow workman for £2.10 shillings in cash and 10 shillings to be spent in drink. The wife appeared more amused than pained by the performance and went home with her purchaser after enjoying her share of the beer. One fickle wretch was deservedly punished. Having parted with his spouse for a quarter of a guinea and a gallon of beer, he was disgusted to hear a few weeks afterwards that she had, by the death of a relative, come into a little fortune of £200. Only a few years ago, a bachelor in easy circumstances, living at Dittisham, a village on the banks of the Dart, took a strong fancy for the wife of one of his neighbours, and, after some negotiation, it was agreed between him and the husband that he should take the lady for £50, the baby being thrown into the bargain, and the newly mated pair soon set off on a sort of wedding trip. The husband, however, found he had been sold, for, after having delivered up his wife, his customer went off without paying for her, and the deluded scamp was left lamenting. In 1766, a carpenter who had sold his wife hung himself upon her refusing to return to his repentant bosom, on the plea that she was perfectly satisfied with the result of his trading. You've been listening to Bizarre to Brutal. I'm Mark Capel. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support this podcast, climb into your handsome cab and head over to bizarretobrutal.com to find out more. See you next time.